gentlemen to the eighth wonder of the world. The flow of the century. Oh, it's timeless. Ho! Thanks for coming out tonight. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. I appreciate that. Uh. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo, for shizzle my nizzle used to dribble down in VA. Alright, welcome back, episode 68 of Underemployed. It is December 5th, 2022. A happy belated Jay-Z day to all of you who celebrate. David, how did you celebrate your fourth? Um... You lost 92 bricks, and then you got them all back. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we did. I hung out under a sycamore tree. That's right. Which makes you a more sicker MC. Who was conceived by Gloria Carter and Adnis Reeves? Who made love under the sycamore tree? Which makes me a more sicker MC. And my mama would claim at 10 pounds when I was born, I didn't give her no pain. So, how was your Thanksgiving? The first episode we recorded since Turkey Day. How was Thanksgiving? How... Was lovely. We had two fried birds. Ooh. Well, it makes sense for like 50 people in that house. <laughs> uh, no, there weren't 50 people. There were 12. For, for, for context, Bethany has six siblings or seven siblings? There are seven total. Seven. So I often just exaggerate the number of siblings she has for my own amusement. But there are a lot of people in that house, relatively to some. But um, that is good. I know we've talked before about the etiquette, like the best way to make a Thanksgiving tour. I feel like that's one of the old underemployed episodes is... Mm-hmm. And you, you guys prefer to... to, to they prefer to deep fry now. Yeah. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it takes 40 minutes to cook it mm-hmm. yeah if you're not if, if you're not if you do it safely yeah. which is the biggest risk with it then yeah, it can be it, quick do it in. safely um, brined one of them and then uh, just injected the other one but did it in a sort of more strategic manner both birds this year were excellent um, I did I made a mac and cheese ooh how was that um, well, I mean I guess you're biased because you made it but I assume it was I good. thought it was a pretty good mac yeah. uh, different than what I normally do I didn't put breadcrumbs on it this time I didn't include a lot of the sort of other herbs mm. and I think I think that's a smarter way to go about it because why makes, do you think that um, makes the makes it less um, crumbly makes it less bread like it lets it mm-hmm. maintain a little more liquid interesting okay um, I, if I would do it, if, I mean, if I were to do it again, I'd honestly probably include some something like a Velveeta, so we could see that really gooey stringiness, yeah. or maybe some more mozzarella. I will say Velveeta on the on the Mac, it's like Velveeta. Like, Velveeta's. I, I hate to give Velveeta any credit, but like it's really <laughs> good for Mac and cheese. Yeah, that's where it's it shines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one, our, of those, one of those places where it really is uh, outstanding. Ours was good too. We had um, your so, folks came down here. To Richmond, yeah, yeah, they did. So and Sam did too, which was nice. And we got a place in actually quite literally right across the street from Joe's Inn, which you have been. I think yeah. you've been to. Yeah, oh, yeah I've been to Joe's. Uh, we actually went there for dinner. And as, as I uh, remind people, Joe's Inn, great food, portions the size of your head. I go to the market across the street from Joe's all the time. And my, mo- my mom really liked that market. Shields is good. Yeah, really, good Shields. really good selection of coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent baked goods. Yeah. Um, their uh, their slab pizzas are pretty tasty as yeah. well. So I worked not Thanksgiving morning, but Black Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So we went over there Wednesday. We were able to you know have and then had a full Thanksgiving together, and that was nice. Um, and then you know the Black Friday show was limited news. Yeah. Uh, it's a holiday, but you know, yeah. show goes on. But it was it was really nice for my folks to come down. The last three years, actually, they have made an effort to come to either West Virginia or now Richmond for Thanksgiving, which I've greatly appreciated because they, you know, I was the one who chose a weird profession where I got to work these holidays, and they, 
adjusted to me, which is very sweet. Um, so yeah, two. I'm glad we had two good Thanksgivings, and now with Christmas around the corner. Uh, David, do you want to tell? Do you want to tell the gift I got uh, for you and Bethany, or do you want to keep? No, yeah, that'll be that'll be posted to uh, <laughs> socials so later. It'll. It's. I'm very proud of it. Wow, uh, <laughs> 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 it's a sneak preview. Um, the big sports news. You know, his last episode we've been following, of course, is uh, we unfortunately we made it to the knockout round of the World Cup. Yeah, you made it to the knockout round. Round of applause, but no easy feat. But uh, then the Dutch boys took us down, and that was always yeah, it was were, always in the cards. They were favored. Uh, this Dutch team, while kind of unheralded because you know they 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 lack any of the seeming, especially offensive firepower and star power of a Brazil or a France or an England, they're a well-drilled, well-organized, and good team. You know, they, they certainly don't have that name-grabbing all-star offensive player, but all of their forwards are good. They've had a really impressive turnout from uh, youngster Cody Gakpo. Um, playing at PSV in the Eredivisie, the, the Dutch league. Uh, he's scored three goals in four games. Um, they've had some good goals out of Memphis Depay, and their goalkeepers just been consistently yeah. solid. You know, it's it's like the NH, it's like the NHL, it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. You just ride a ride a good ride the goalie. Ride, ride a hot hand. Yeah. Um, are you optimistic about the U.S. team's future? Because you know that was some of the talk. Second youngest team in the World Cup. Yeah, I think that there's there's a lot to there's a lot to look forward to, and there's a lot to be positive about with the U.S. coming out of this World Cup. I think that some players really showcased themselves well. I think Serginho Dest had a good tournament. I think Weston McKinney had a good tournament. Mm. I think Tyler Adams had a great tournament. And then I think there's there's room for improvement. Um, you know, I think I think uh, uh, some portion of the of, of the players aren't going to be around for the next cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tim Ream will probably be retired, considering he's like 36. Ugh, that's ancient in soccer years. Ancient for a, actually yeah, I mean, ancient I mean, for an outfield player. Yeah, okay. Um, you'll often find you'll you'll find goalkeepers will play into their late 30s. That's true. Uh, good ones at least. So I think I think Ream will probably be gone. Uh, I would certainly hope that Walker Zimmerman is gone. Uh, I don't think he particularly played a very good tournament. Um, he really is a Hans? Hmm? Hmm? Sorry. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Sorry, that was my soccer analysis. Uh, that's Zimmer, not Zimmerman. Uh, basically, they're basically brothers at that point. Yeah, cousins. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, I think that where the U.S. really needs to find something is a goal-scoring forward, and I think that they... I think that... I think part of the problem is... The manager, I think Greg Berhalter has kind of run his race, but I think the U.S. needs to, and this is not to say that you know MLS is the problem, but the U.S. needs to just more consistently play better competition. The, mm-hmm. the qualifying group that the U.S. is in and the sort of regional competition that the U.S. has is pretty dog shit. Yeah. It's the U.S. and Mexico are basically presumptively in to win the qualifying stage every time. Um, Costa Rica didn't particularly have a good tournament, and Canada's Canada's experiencing a, a bit of a renaissance right now. But I don't know how long that's going to last. Yeah. But like, the U.S. isn't getting any better playing Trinidad and Tobago. Right. They're not getting any better playing uh, Grenada. They're not getting any better playing St. Kitts and Nevis. They're not getting any better playing uh, the Haiti. They're not getting any better playing the DR. Like it's it's just they're they're just not getting better with this 
caliber of competition. Not really getting any better plan on Doris or El Salvador. Yeah. Well, maybe by the time... I mean, the next World Cup's going to be here in the Americas, so, so maybe... So we're already maybe, qualified. Yeah. Um, so maybe it'll be time to just figure out a better roster that is equipped. And... Yeah, I, I mean, I think that Barholter's disinterest in playing a different system or inability to play a different system with the, with, with the, the players at his disposal because, you know, being a national team manager is very different from being a club manager. You, you kind of have to keep what you're doing to a little more simplistic state. You know, you don't have as much time with the players. You don't have as much drilling that, you, that you're able to do. It's a lot of it's about connection and camaraderie, and that's not to say that Burhalter's done a bad job. For all intents and purposes, he seems to have done a pretty good job at that, of building, mm-hmm. a, building a community, of building cohesion within the locker room. But, I don't know, I think, I think the U.S. probably could have won, could have won their game against... Wales. I think they should have won their game against Wales, mm-hmm. um, and I think I think I think with England they they were playing they were playing not to lose, and that's fine against England. Um, so it remains to be seen, but I think that you know he I think Greg left some talent off the roster and on the bench mm-hmm. a little too much. I think Gio Reyna should have played more. I think that he should have brought in Pifak uh, from Union Berlin, who is. I think the third or fourth leading scorer in the Bundesliga. DC guy, by the way. Oh, Jordan Pifak. Salute. Yeah. So, you know, unhappy with how some of the things went down, but can't be too mad about it because, yeah. one, I, I wasn't on the field, and yeah. two, because getting out of the group stage is, is, you know, you're basically playing with house money if you're right. in the U.S. Exactly. And you know what? That's it's. I'm sure they were happy just getting out of the group stage. What I can complain about and will complain about is how god-awful Fox's coverage has been. It's just... So pedestrian. It's just it's so bland, and it's it's Alexi Lawless and Landon Donovan who have combined the personality of a wet blanket. Doesn't Alexi Lawless always just complain? He's just a, he's just a loudmouth blowhard. Like he's always a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was talking that about way him as... on the '98 team that he was kind of like. Yeah, he was he was that way on that he was that, he was that way as a player. Uh, I think he gets too much deference. For his experiences as a player, mm-hmm. and I just don't, I don't think he was like he was the be, you know he was the best center back at a time when the U.S. options were pretty fucking skint. Yeah, and when when you could count on one hand, two hands, the number of players who had played professionally abroad. Now you could count on two hands the number of goalkeepers we've got playing abroad. You can count on two hands the number of starters we've got playing you know at any one position abroad. Like. The problem now isn't a lack of talent. I think the problem now is the organization and how we use that talent. Well, I do think the future's bright because also, as David told me, there is a player on the U.S., right, who mm-hmm. is named Shaq, right? Yes. And what's his last name? Shaq Moore. Shaq O-O-R-E. Okay. Um, so that actually got me even more invested in us winning the World Cup. So I am sad to see Shaq go. Yeah. But I feel like... We now have some optimism with Shaq Moore. If someone bestowed the name of Shaquille, that's not a you know that's, that's yeah. a name we take seriously. Oh, a, a thing that also just un, unrelated, but a thing that needs to fucking stop is people ta- constantly talking about like, oh, if we had our best players playing soccer, we would win this shit. There's no guarantee of that. Yeah, soccer's There's hard. absolutely no guarantee. There's a lot of really good soccer players in the world. Like, yeah, one of these things where people are like, oh, imagine Steph Curry playing soccer. There's no guarantee that it, there's no guarantee that his skills translate. Right. There's yeah. no guarantee that uh, there's no guarantee that, that 
you know, uh, Odell. People are like, oh, Odell would have been this, Odell would have that. We have no idea. Yeah. He, cool, he was he was bigger and stronger yeah. than everybody at U12s, but, like, there's no guarantee that that carries over. Yeah. I agree. You know, we, we're pretty good considering how low on the priority list soccer is in yeah. general in the country. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the fact that we make it out of the group stage is pretty impressive, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, th- I think part of the problem is that soccer in this country is prohibitively expensive to participate in mm-hmm. because it's... It's outrageously expensive for a lot of this, and because a lot of it comes from the fact that there's not club-affiliated academy programs, or there, there aren't there aren't as many of them. Because I mean, you think mm-hmm. about in Europe, you know, basically every town has a club, and those club run you know a senior team all the way down to like a nine ten team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, we're certainly fighting a bit of an uphill battle there, but like. Schools could very easily, school teams could very easily replace that, and I think that you know if we're able to move away from the pay-to-play model, where just because your parents can afford to put you on a roster means you're going to be on the roster. There's a lot of kids who coast by on the fact that like, they're mid-tier players, but you know, they can afford to, you know, they can afford to fill out this roster so they get on these good teams. And yeah. Take up valuable space, and the U.S. has also just got to do a better job of recruiting in. Uh, n- non-white spaces like yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of Mexican there's a bunch of players in the Mexican pipeline who like were born in the states there's no reason that we should be letting Mexico fucking come into our come into our backyard and take our take our talent I want to isolate that last sentence specifically and just completely misinterpret it for future use go ahead it's <laughs> just there's no reason we should be letting Mexico come into our backyard and take our talent. Yeah, just I might even cut off the talent part. They took our job. They took our job. They took our job. But yeah, you know what? Now we can finally root for Brazil, as we've discussed why in the last episode. I support their decisions on uh, sex work, obviously, because I'm a very selfless person. Unfortunately, so you should root for the Dutch too. Oh, they have that too. Yeah, dude, there's a red light district in the Netherlands. Oh, of course. Well, then... Oh, sl- well, in Amsterdam specifically. I, I salute the Netherlands. I've walked through it. It's a weird space. Um, Very weird space. Uh, well, yeah, because you were, you were looking for Lady of the Night. I respect No, that. I was not. Yeah, no, that's okay. No, I was not. No, it's okay. And I think this was both dating Bethany, but you're just like, I just want to see I was what it's not, like. Yep. Yeah. I was not doing that. No, I... I, I no, all I this had to all walk this through the red light district. I had to walk through the red light district if I wanted to go into sort of the center of the city from where our, our houseboat was. You know what? The listener can decide whose version of the story is true. That's uh, the great part about this you know we can decide we can decide who's who's a more credible witness most people would choose me that's all i'm gonna say okay i'm a man of the people sure you are um but we had a little puttyans uh i will say unfortunately thank you for that unfortunately we uh we did lose south korea to brazil did beat Mm -hmm. south korea uh our our second favorite korea unfortunate but you know what we will we are now a full-on brazil Rooting podcasts. I've talked about wanting a BBL before. Uh, yellow jerseys are iconic, so I salute Brazil. And by the end, by the end of this month, I think we, uh, I think we'll have a new champion, and they'll be. I mean, they're not new. That's just going to be the yeah, first time since, it, the it, since the early 2000s. Been a hot minute, yes, since the original Ronaldo. Yes, Ronaldo uh, Nazario. Yeah. Um, so apparently, in the last episode, I may have said sports don't matter. Who can really recall? Sports don't matter. Sports don't matter. Are they even 500? 
Sports don't matter. That was a while ago. A lot of things changed in that time. Uh, but I would like to point out that the Lakers, as of this recording, have won 8 out of 10. And could have been 9 out of 10. They lost on a 3 to the Pacers on the buzzer. I would just like to throw 8 out of 10, there. so what's the record now? Uh, they are now 10 and 12. They are only a couple games out of like the 4 seed in the West. Okay. Um, and last night... Yeah, the West is losing a, record and still still in contention. For West, the is seed. Little, West is West is a weird like well, middling you, ground right well, now. When you've got teams like the Thunder and the Blazers who are just yeah. bad. Yeah, the Blazers. So actually, the Blazers are still doing okay. And, and again, we root oh, for Portland because they're the our, uh, and the the Spurs are also probably pretty bad these they, days. They are they are actually the worst team in the West. Um, and we're still rooting for Portland because they're David's NBA Finals pick mm-hmm. against. How funny Finals. is it going to be if? The San Antonio Spurs, effectively the French Foreign Legion, get Wemby. You think the NBA will collude to make sure that he doesn't go to he doesn't go to San Antonio? Um, I hope they do. Selfishly, Chicago at the very least. <laughs> yeah, Chicago would be at least a fun city. Um, New Orleans. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Atlanta. Well, they they were at one point. He was at one point, as I said last episode, going to go to New Orleans because the Lakers' yep. Yep. draft pick is going to the Pelicans. So. But, um, yeah, so the Lakers played well, and last night, in fact, they played the Wizards. Sam and I went, and Anthony Davis scored 55, and LeBron had a bunch of dunks that were crazy for a guy who's going to be 38 in two weeks, three weeks. And that was really fun because uh, Sam and I I went, we upgraded our seats. We, We splurged a little on the seats, and they were good seats, so... Uh, the hundred section? Yeah, it was actually the hundred section. Um, nice. And which those and Lakers tickets are not cheap. Don't let anyone fool you. They are. They uh, might suck. They might suck, but they are never cheap. <laughs> There's never a scenario where the Lakers are the cheap team to play. See, uh, see play. But I am now optimistic about sports, and I want to say now, as I told David last night coming home for the game, sports might matter. For now. now. But also in general, like you know, sports bring us together. Sports unite us. Sports are this... Sports mattering and sexuality are fluid. Yeah, that's... Sure, I, I'm interested... You know what? I'll go with that for the sake of... <laughs> it's an interesting dynamic. But yes, sports are fluid. And they matter. One thing about sports that doesn't matter, though I do have to give credit, though, uh, the second annual underemployed bowl, the Jacksonville Jaguars did pull out a victory last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Justin Tucker apparently cannot kick a 67-yard field goal outdoors on damp grass at sea level. It's okay. He's not Superman. Few people probably can. Yeah, I don't think anyone can. If he can't, it can't be done. Even Janikowski wasn't doing it at sea level. Right. So, um, you know, it's okay. But I wanted to go out of the way to congratulate David and the Jacksonville Jaguars because it's a big deal in the underemployed family, the underemployed bull. It It doesn't happen that often. So I just wanted to give my praise. Jags are now. Uh, I worked so hard for that win. Jags are now. Jags are now four and eight. Woo. So that's okay. You know what? It's okay. One hundred percent more wins than last year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many did they have last two. year? Two. They actually won three, but they only won two games with Urban Meyer, who, of course, we will forever associate as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wanted to also say that non-sports news. Very interesting story that came across. The news desk. So, we have a reputation in the DMV of... I mean, Who is right, we? The collective... I would say... Okay, you're going to agree with this. The collective we of us when we're 
Richmond's not the DMV, but from the DMV. Sure. That Maryland drivers are particularly not great drivers. Is that fair to say that's the reputation? That's the stereotype, yes. However, a new study came out from QuoteWizard.com. Now, I don't know what QuoteWizard is, but it's it apparently surveyed based on DUIs and tickets, speed. Sure. That apparently it's actually the Commonwealth that is the seventh worst state for driving in all of the United States. Now, is that based on just Virginia-related charges or just, just, just tickets for Virginia residents? Because the adage about Virginia is that they will pull over, they're particularly yes. aggressive with folks from out of state. They are also aggressive with speeders in general, so maybe that's... You know, maybe other states have the speeding problem, but don't pull over. However, um, that I do not know. I have not read the full survey. I've just gotten a summary of it. Sure. Um, but that is a good question. Uh, my guess is it's... You know, I think it says in each state, so my guess is that just means the amount of people they pull over. Yeah. Um, but that includes, yeah, accidents, DUIs, speeding tickets, citations. Sure. I mean, the accidents is no surprise considering the worst stretch of highway on the eastern seaboard is between Richmond and D.C. Yeah. Meanwhile, Maryland, 39th on that list. I looked it up. So maybe uh, we as Virginians... Counterpoint. If you look at D.C.'s uh, ticket, the way D.C. hands out tickets, especially uh, camera-based stuff, Maryland leads for yeah. you know the number of folks who have outstanding tickets in the District of Columbia. Yeah. I mean, there is something to be said about that. You know, maybe Virginia just... I think part of it is Virginia doesn't have speed cameras. That's also part of it, yeah. Or or red light cameras. Yeah. I mean, they have not nearly to the degree that, like, D.C. has them where they're everywhere. Yeah. I don't know if, I, I don't know if many, if any, localities that have at least red light cameras. Speed, I think cameras, were, speed cameras are apparently ruled an invasion of privacy by the Virginia Supreme Court like 15 or 20 years ago. Uh, as someone who has allegedly been pulled over a few times for allegedly going over the speed limit, I'm actually glad they made that decision because uh, otherwise I'd probably be down a few more hundred dollars from my bank account over the years. Uh, should I publicly be advocating for speed cameras as a safety measure? Uh, maybe. I will certainly advocate for red light cameras. Yes. And the red light district. Apparently, I mean, I, I'm fine with legalizing prostitution. Me too. For the same, I'm sure for the same exact reasons. No. Hmm. Let's talk after the show. I think we might be on different pages then. It's a source of tax revenue. Yeah. That's why we should do it. Yeah, that's why we should do it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same no. thing with legalizing drugs. Drugs that, won the war. Cash in. I, I, uh, I think that prostitution uh, is is a good thing for money. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, the easiest way to cut yeah. down on crime is to make more things legal. <laughs> you know what? It's kind of appropriate that there's like a fire truck going on in the background, as you said it. That felt like just the hottest of hot takes. It's not really a hot take. No, it's about to put out the burning building that is the hot take, but... It's not a hot take. I, if you want to, if you want crime to go down, if you want less illegal things to happen, you make those things that are illegal legal. I guess I can't argue with the logic. I don't agree with the logic, but I can't argue with the Much logic. Much easier said than done. Ugh. You know, it's like the 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 the, the most smartest answer I've, I've ever given in school was someone said, "Well, how do you solve world poverty?" And I said, "Well, you change the definition of poverty." Oh, bro.
Again, it's technically accurate, which is the worst kind of accurate. Um, anyway. All right. Well, anyway. On that note. Anyway. Uh, well, I will say we've got a couple things coming up. Uh, do, do you do anything for Christmas for the holidays? Yeah, there's some plans in the works. Okay. That'll be nice. Yep. Um, See my folks. That'll be nice. Hang out with Bethany's fam. Yeah. I um, personally know that I... So I work the 26th, but, you know, Christmas on a Sunday helps with my schedule. I can go up and visit, you know, be with my family for Christmas, which is really nice. Uh, we've got we've got some family friends coming over. And the other important thing coming up before Christmas, it is a yearly tradition like no other. It is, some would say, the best award show of the year. Most others would not agree with that. Those people are stupid. Yeah, those people suck. Those people do suck. The fifth annual Undie Awards will be our next episode. Uh, David, where are we where are we doing it from this year? Uh, that's a state secret. Okay, that's a good point. But we will be doing it again this year. Um, you kind of have to know somebody to know somebody to get tickets, and then eventually they go on general sale because there are a lot of them. But you know, we're gonna have a lot of fun this year. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. And then, as we've also said in years past, we are not liable for anything that happens at the Undie Awards, and we are not responsible for your health and well-being. Correct. So get ready. Uh, bring some form of protection just in case. Bring a shield of some type. Protect and serve our own interests. Yes. And on that note, we will see you guys in a couple weeks for the Undie Awards. It will be lovely. Awards will be handed out. And we will... I don't know. Can't really think of a good punchy ending to that. Yeah, we'll see you there. Okay, that's, that's as good as it's going to Well, everybody, we had recorded that episode on Monday, and in fact, I planned to drop it overnight Tuesday into Wednesday, but Tuesday, there came the news that it looked like Aaron Judge was all but certain to sign with the Giants, and I, being a Giants fan, wanted to document it for this wonderful podcast and talk about how excited I was for a big-name slugger to come back to San Francisco. And then, of course, Wednesday morning, it came out that he was re-signing with the New York Yankees, dashing the hopes and dreams of many. Now, David's not here, uh, but I figure if David can spend 11 minutes talking about soccer, I can take a couple minutes to talk about baseball and myself. Um, and I've been thinking about what to say at a time like this. And I have come to the conclusion that sports don't matter. Sports don't matter. They are a completely made-up, man-made construct that distracts us from what we really need to have in life, which is interpersonal relationships, strength and bonding with our family members, providing for our loved ones and our children and our children's children. And sports provides none of this. Sports is merely a detour on the road towards 
a better livelihood and frankly salvation. So I have come to the conclusion again that once again, sports do not matter. And if there's any conclusion I want you all to take away from this, it is that you should find something more important to do than love sports. Anyway, that is the end officially now of episode 68 of Underemployed. I am going to uh, reevaluate my life. And hopefully you will all join us for the riveting fifth edition of the Undie Awards. Cruel, cruel must I go I've been living too fast and I've been living too wrong.